0: Guess who's back? Back again. The Sassanac Files is back! <laughs> we're basically. So, we're back to talk episode 112, called Lallybrock. What Chelsea and I were talking about a little bit was that we just forgot how like great it was. Right, Chelsea? Oh my god, I love this episode. I laughed, I had all the feels, didn't cry, but was sorely tempted like it was really good well before we technically get into the episode uh, maybe we should tell them where they can find us and all that jazz huh chelsea <laughs> sure i mean <laughs> well we have taken a break so they might need reminding you guys can find us on all of our normal platforms that would be google podcasts spotify itunes Castbox, and podbean and as always if there's any platform that you guys would like for us to try to get on please let us know by sending us an email to the files at gmail.com. You can also find us on our blog at thesassanacfiles.com, where I recently released a new article about crime and punishment in the 18th century. So if you haven't gone over to check that out, go on over. It's pretty interesting. Took me quite a bit of time. The Statistical Accounts of Scotland is my new best friend. And you can also find us on Instagram via the SASNAC Files, all lowercase, and on Facebook. And I'm assuming uh, because Chelsea created it, it's the SASNAC Files separately and, you know, the capital T, capital S, and capital F. So, yeah. And you can't miss us. We're the hot pink logo. And I believe we're the only page on both Instagram and Facebook that are under the SASNAC Files. It's a very original name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Even Sam Hewen thought it was a original name. I mean, he us over- like, like, on social holy media. Holy fuck! Can we just like comment on that man's face for a second? Because it was a good picture. <laughs> I was like, okay, then. Yes, and it was nice to just get tagged. Like, what just happened in life to <laughs> <So>, have Sam Hewen? <laughs> So if you guys don't know, I take care of all the Facebook posts and Rebecca takes care of all of the Instagram posts. So she gets notifications when people tag the Sassanac files on Instagram and I get notifications when people tag us on Facebook. So we message each other back and forth regularly and I was binging dark. So I was like, okay, I will get to it in a minute. And so like 30 minutes after she sends me this message, I open it up and I'm like, holy fuck. And my mom was like, what's going on? And I was like, Sam Hewitt tagged us on Instagram. <laughs> Oh my God, I was like sending it to my grandma, guys. That's how excited I was. <laughs> uh. You don't even know. This is Sam Hewen, okay? <laughs> it was a really good screenshot, too. <laughs> Alrighty, so now that we're done fangirling over Sam Hewen's tagging us on social media, we're gonna talk about 112 Lollybrock. And I would say that probably both of us forgot how much we loved this episode. <laughs> It was an episode that, like, took its time, you know? And it had so much good content in it. Yes. And I would also say that I didn't really get it until this round, but, like, this is a Jamie-centered episode. It really is. It's, like, full-on about him. I mean, like, I knew it was about him, but it really just was like, holy crap, this really is about him. The whole thing, him finding closure with his sister, him telling the truth about BJR, which is like, Jesus, just him bringing Claire to his home. It's good stuff. I would also say that this is the episode that propels the story forward. Like, this is the one that takes us to where (laughs) we're going to be headed. And it's crazy town. Yeah, it's definitely a catalyst for the remainder of the season. As much as the Devil's Mark was kind of up there because it took us to a place where we could jump off from and I think that that's Lollybrog is the natural next step. The opening scene, just, I'm in love with this opening scene. So first we get gorgeous Scotland in all its glory and then we zoom in on Jamie and Claire and Jamie's looking up at the sky and talking about airplanes, guys. <laughs> Aww, he's so, so cute. cute. Yeah, He's just like a little it boy. Was he's like, do they flap their wings like birds? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sam did that really well, the showing how young Jamie was. He just was curious about planes because obviously he never would have seen one. So it, it was cute. I agree. And the idea to him of being thousands of feet up in the air is just so foreign to him. Like He couldn't ever picture being that high. And he was like, you must have God's own view of the world from that height. That whole scene was just adorable. And then he asked the question that men are trained from birth to never ask women. How old are you, Sassanac? Which, which can we kind of make a comment on that a second? Like, ladies, we oh, just I have known our ages it's okay. Yeah. It's it's fine. I have already told my mom, I'm like, when I start going gray, I'm just gonna let it go. And she's like, Oh, yeah, we'll see. And I'm like, No, because my whole philosophy on it is, you earned the gray hairs on your head, you realize how many people die young and never get gray hair? Why are we ashamed of that? It's almost a form of self hatred, like a training for women to hate on themselves mm. as well. Yeah. And like, I already have the gray and white hair. So it's like, not that big of a deal to me. It's been that way since I was like 16. So it's kind of just a really strange thing that obviously men started because why? (laughs) Why? I don't feel like women even had that thought process in their brain. Mm -mm. So it's no, but anyways, Jamie was adorable asking her her age. Can we just talk about how, she's like, I think your math is a little off. Can we just talk about how way freaking off his math was? So <laughs> he's <laughs> cute. Folks, I I he's paused cute. it and pulled out a calculator because I'm like, mm, Jamie is technically 197 years older than Claire. Wow. So let that sink in. <laughs> he's, he's a very good lover. That's all. I'm very good, love.. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I that just got me. That was like my internal process. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love that he says. When I'm forty, you're gonna be two hundred and forty five, and he had this big smile on his face. <laughs> and she says, I love lo- looking at how she's looking at him this whole scene. Was really cute. I loved how she just was looking at him with this endearment. It it was cute. So let's talk about kind of the basis of this entire episode, which is essentially Jamie's internal struggle with everything. So basically for the past four years of his life, he's been running from everything that happened the last time he was at Lollybrock, And in this episode, he has to come to grips with that and Not only accept his father's death and how his father died, but his family, what they've been up to in the past four years, which they thought he was dead. So imagine the shock that Jenny experienced when she found out that he was not, in fact, dead. Well, and also, Jamie, he has to confront the fact that his sister was raped or thought she was. By BJR and the fact that he literally was told by Dougal that she was pregnant with his bastard, you know, in their language. And with the time period and everything, it just, it that was a lot of weight for him to carry. The filter that they used on the flashbacks, yep. I absolutely love it. You only see the blues and the reds. I don't know why. I mean, obviously they meant for it to be eye-catching. I'm really curious if there was any other symbolism behind it. I don't know. It just makes me curious every time I watch it. But I absolutely love it. I like that kind of when it grabs the reds. I wish I knew what that filter was called. So if anybody knows, let me know because I am really curious. And I even tried to Google it and couldn't find anything. I agree with you. I'm glad you made a comment on that. Because if you didn't, I was going to, I really liked the differentiating factor when they did the flashback. And yes, I'm very curious why they did it myself. So like, if, Anybody in the Outlanderverse is actually listening. Tell us now. (laughs) Please spill the beans. We want the answers. (laughs) Tell us now, Ron. Tell us now. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie's getting these flashbacks already. And Claire is seeing it. Like his whole demeanor changed when they walked up to the house. Like, did you see the total shift? Like she went, okay. And then she's telling him like, it's okay. It's in the past, Jamie. He's talking about that Jenny was pregnant with BJR's kid. (laughs) And she says it's it's rumors. And just this whole thing, Jamie's like, you don't get it. Jamie with those flashbacks, that's got to be tough. Yeah, and he's getting these flashbacks the whole way up the path. Like you said, it's genius because we haven't really seen that in this season so far. We've seen Jamie as we know him. Even in The Reckoning, yeah. he was dealing with very immediate issues. And it was more of him and Claire coming to grips with each other and learning how to move forward as a married couple. It wasn't about him, really. And so whenever we see these flashbacks, we're like, oh, well, yeah, it's natural. We've seen all of this content before. We saw it in Castle Lyuk in episode two, but we don't really see it in the context of Almost like a PTSD thing for Jamie. He's very yeah. affected by this. And so, like, when he crosses through the arch, he's remembering the last time he crossed through that arch and he was strung up and horse by Black Jack Randall. So, yeah, it, it sets the stage very well for the rest of the episode, for sure. Can we talk about Jenny's sass, though? Like, sheesh, girl, like, chill with Claire. You don't even know her. And she's just like, tell her to stay out of my business. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Jenny is one of my favorite characters. And I feel like a lot of people, she's a polarized character. Either people hate her and think she's a bitch or people love her for her sass and sarcasm. I I wouldn't call her a bitch. I personally do not feel that way. <laughs> Let's yeah, make that no, clear. I love Jenny. But there are bitchy moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't think that it's mincing words to point out that in society, if you are a strong, assertive woman, men in particular tend to view you as a bitch. Yeah. And that's not right. That's totally sexist, and women have just as much right to assert their opinion and be confident as men do. But Even though women have come a long way in the past hundred years, there are still those double standards. So I am sure that's leeching into this as well. And that's why people say that. But yeah, I don't think any women feel that way. That's for sure. (laughs) Anyway, yes. So I love Jenny's sass. And whenever, (laughs) whenever Jamie gets in her face, (laughs) that's like, I know you're not trying to shame me in front of my own wife, and she's talking about grabbing him by the balls to make him stand still and listen to her. (laughs) It's so funny because we've never seen Jamie like this yet. And so Mm -hmm. it must be a shocker for Claire too. You can see the look on her face, like what just happened? And he's like in his sister's face. The only time she ever saw him like that was when they were fighting in the reckoning. But with his sister, it's different. When it's siblings, it really is different. Yeah, it was just really interesting to watch because he's not this, like, sweet, you know, the wedding Jamie thing. No, he's like, are you serious? Like, nope, I'm the lead in this house. Like, you know, the whole thing, the Laird and whatever. And blah, blah, blah. And his sister's like, listen, dude. (laughs) You've been gone for how long? And you come in and call me a whore and all this stuff? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then, oh, oh, my God. And then Jamie's like who's the father of your other one that you're holding right now in your belly and blah, blah. And the one of the best characters ever, Ian, mm-hmm. shows up. I love Ian. Oh, my God. And he's like, yeah. he's mine, and so is Jamie over there, by the way. And he just kind of says it because he knows Jamie, and he knows Jenny. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, Jamie's got some like thought processes in his brain. He was probably told something, so I'm just going to tell him straight. Yeah. <laughs> Ian handles the Frasers So well. (laughs) And that's why, like jumping forward, but I'm not gonna get into it, definitely keeping this scene in mind later when Ian is talking to Claire about how to deal with Frasers. (laughs) I'm just like, Mm -hmm. well, you need to take his advice because he for sure has been dealing with these two his entire life. Yes. I love him. All right, Stephen Cree. Oh, yeah. Stephen Cree and Ian Murray. They're amazing, both of them. (laughs) Fictional and non-fictional. Before we, like, move to the next scene, though, I just want to say, it is so easy to forget how huge of a human being Sam Hewen is until he's standing next to Laura Donnelly. (laughs) She is so tiny and he is so huge. Like, holy crap. When he gets in her face, he looks like he's twice her size. (laughs) Oh my god. Wouldn't it have been crazy if she had, in fact, ended up with the role of Claire? Wouldn't that have been weird? Yeah. That would have been weird. And so, for those of you that aren't aware, Sam and Laura went to drama school together. And so they're very good friends. And they've known each other for a long time. And before Outlander, they actually were filming a movie together in Norway. So they had just come off a project together, and then went straight into Outlander together. So it probably would have been pretty weird for them too if they had played opposite of each other in a Jamie and Claire situation. Well, and Sam has even said it. Oh, this would be fun to work with. Oh, no, you're like my sister. No, I can't do scenes like that with you. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading an article. So if you guys remember, I think it was like our second or third episode we did. And I was talking about what Jamie sees in Claire and how he deals with her so well. And I was talking about, oh, it's because Jenny is his sister. I was reading the official guide of Outlander and the writer of this episode and Kenny said the exact same thing. She was like, oh, well, when you're looking for a spouse, it's no secret that we tend to revert back to people that we're fond of in our family and things like that. Comfortable personalities. And I'm just like, yeah, that about sums it up because Claire is also a very feisty and assertive woman. <laughs> I love that. Well, and he needs Claire's intensity, as we'll find out later in the episode. It's one of my favorite moments between them, because she legit gets in his face. And I'm like, he needed Mm. that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, he for sure needed that moment. (laughs) So funny to hear him just speaking garlic and just like, what just happened? (laughs) So we move into the house. And there's this very awkward kind of standoff happening and Jamie's standing in front of the fire just trying to get up the courage to say what he's going to say like and he's going to try to keep his temper under rain. He finally just turns to his sister and is like, I need to know what the heck happened with Blackjack Randall. It's yeah, eating me maybe. alive. I have to know. She realizes that something is clearly being missed. He's clearly heard something that did not happen. And so she finds it in herself to recall this horrific incident. And she's like, I will tell you once. I'm not repeating anything that I'm about to say. So listen carefully. And I thought it was interesting that she even talked about it in front of Claire. She barely Mm -hmm. knows her. It's totally Jenny, though. Like, she's owning it. She's not ashamed of it. She just doesn't Mm want to relive it, which I can't really blame her. I loved Ian this whole moment. He's just sitting there. And then when she was finished, I just wanted to comment, like, his facial expression. He just doesn't Mm -hmm. like any of it that had happened to her. It was just so cute. Okay, go ahead. So we just see this whole series of events start to unfold with Jenny narrating and when he uh, so so he he takes her up to the bedroom yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) such a creeper with his finger he knew exactly what he was doing that just right away this invasion of privacy like I was grossed out I I literally thought his finger was in my mouth you know what I mean it was just yeah It was interesting because the director for this episode, he said, obviously we knew that Jenny wasn't going to be raped in that way, but we wanted something to happen in the scene that was a clear violation. And that's when they came up with the the thumb in the mouth. And Yeah. yeah, he was like, it's something that done between two lovers could be kind of sexy, but he was like, this is just absolutely disgusting. And it really worked. So you're not actually seeing a rape in the literal sense, but you're still seeing a complete violation of a personal space, B just moral conduct. It's disgusting. So yeah. the laugh the laughing. Uh yeah, I loved that. <laughs> I did love it, um, but I'm also wondering, I'm just like she wasn't thinking about what she was doing. It was just kind of an instinct, and I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I'm like that. So I feel like if people are uncomfortable, which in some cases for me, not like this scenario, but like, I do tend to laugh when it's kind of uncomfortable. So I think it's actually a way for people to kind of deal with it. Just like when people need to cry about something, or whatever. So to me, I probably would have been like, what the fuck's going on? His penis is right in front of me. I'm about to get raped. Who knows what people's response is going to be? Even Claire in the book would laugh about random stuff. At least in the first book, Jenny took it and used it as her weapon to make him not get hard. So that was fun. <laughs> right. That's why I liked it. So I will say the full frontal was very shocking to me. I did not expect that shit at all. I was like, hello. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's Tobias. I don't want to say there's little Tobias because it wasn't so little, but that's method right there, dude. When I first saw the episode, I went whoa, (laughs) what's going on right now? (laughs) I guess they left it to the director to like talk to Tobias about actually doing it. And I'm like, okay. So it was written into the scene that way. (laughs) And they (laughs) were just like, okay, you draw the short straw. You're going to go talk to him about it. And he said Tobias was really very like, yeah, okay, we'll do this. Like, I understand why it's necessary. So he seems very Chill and professional. My thing is like, how comfortable are you rubbing yourself on camera? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on camera. And there's this girl that it's this the whole dynamic of the scene in general. But like, mm-hmm. how do you disconnect from that? But also, just like touch yourself like that in front of somebody. It's just. But there's also again like a lot of people on set. I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. I was just completely not expecting it because Outlander doesn't mince words, okay, it's a very sexual show, but they had yet to have any male nudity in it. And so I yeah. I just thought that was kind of a bridge they weren't gonna cross. And then all of a sudden, they crossed the bridge very quickly. Okay, on the thing of like, the double standards that we were kind of mm-hmm. talking about with women, it's still a very new ish thing for male genitalia to be like, mm-hmm. shown to everybody. Or it's very rare. That's probably the other part of the shock value, because I know for me as well, like, I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I feel like male nudity is often like, you don't often see it in drama, you see it like in jest and comedies and things like that, but you don't really see it in, in like a serious light. So that's also kind of the tone of it was different. For sure. I agree with you. Male penis happens in funnies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, it does. A lot. (laughs) I feel for Jenny because she didn't know what was going on. She didn't know why he was like rubbing himself like that. Like she Mm. just had never had never seen a penis, never had sex with anyone. So it just I saw her so very young there when she was talking. So this did get me thinking, though, because you were talking about how young she looked. I had the exact same thought. So out of curiosity, I went and I looked up how much older she is than Jamie. She's two years older than Jamie, so she was 20 when this happened. Well, and also, women are so like naive, though, too. It's this train thing for women not to know anything, so she's obviously not aware of everything either. She realizes BJR doesn't like the laughing, so she just keeps doing it and just keeps doing it and what does he do he smashes her head up against the bedpost. that hurts to watch Hmm. I don't know about you but I feel like that happened it looks way too real I'm like I hope she's okay I really do and I know Tobias would never do that but like (laughs) not even in his heat of the moment thing but like it looked way too real (laughs) and I mean clearly it within the context of the show, it was a very hard hit. They did a great job portraying it because she lost consciousness. And when she woke up, Jamie was gone. And that was the last she saw of him for four years. So imagine what that's like, your little brother, you know, and he got in trouble trying to defend and protect you. And then he's just taken away arrested. You don't know whether he's alive or dead. For four years, yeah. that's just, that's terrible. That's the thing about this episode. There's so much Jamie and Jenny are holding on to and not mm. saying, which is totally what people do. But let's get it out there. It, this whole episode would have been completely different if they had just talked about everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then Claire makes a comment. <laughs> She's like, you need to apologize to your sister. And everybody looks at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, oh it. God. She was actually clearing it up. Like, she actually was saying you didn't actually say you're sorry. So I get what she was doing. She wasn't being defiant or whatever. Right. But like to everyone else, they were like, no woman talks in general. Why did you open your mouth? Like, and Jenny's like, excuse me, this is my brother and I dealing with this. So you hush. <laughs> like, I just, it was a weird scenario. But it leads to a fantastic conversation between Jamie and Claire wherein for the first time, they kind of have this conversation about like, look, I get it now you're from a different time. And that makes a lot of sense for me right now. But that being said, you need to trust me and just let me handle this. Like you can't embarrass me in front of my family and my servants like this. This is not cool in this time period, which I'm glad that Jamie takes time to explain things to Claire that she might not fully understand like this might be okay in your time, but this is perceived very badly in my time, kind of like when you go to a foreign country and things that you do in your country are like bad etiquette in another country it's it's kind of like that, so I'm glad yeah. that he's taking time to explain this to her versus just pipe down woman, <laughs> let me handle it, yeah, yeah, I agree. He does take his time to explain. So she has this great line where she's like, "I'm not the meek and obedient type," and he looks at her and he's like, "I don't think anybody would make that mistake, Sassenach." See, I like, (laughs) I like his comeback to her. I do. I just don't like the line that she said. It kind of came across. I don't know. I don't fully like it. I get it. The way I look at it uh, is, it's just. Claire being defensive she's like yeah I know you expect me to sit down and shut up but that's not who I am and that's never gonna happen you know she's just like "Mm, I am who I am and I'm not gonna apologize for it that's funny that's not the full-on feeling I get from it but I do love what he says (laughs) to her yeah (laughs) I love the comeback no one almost taken you for keeping your mouth shut (laughs) And I love how taking it a step further, like I said, with him explaining, he talks about Letitia and Column, and how, you know, in public, she's the proper wife. She keeps her mouth shut and doesn't question her husband. But behind closed doors, all bets are off. (laughs) Yep. She's like throwing stuff at him, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) This is the line that I love from Claire. She was like, be careful, Malaird. I have a much better throwing arm than the fair Letitia. Yep. See, That's That's a good one one. I like. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) I agree. I liked that comparison as well. It even kind of would help me understand if I was in her position. Because, like, she is so chill. Letitia doesn't really, like, say much. So, I mm-hmm. would have been just as shocked, yeah, so they're switching rooms, and Claire's like, "I wouldn't dream of kicking you out of your own bedroom, and Jamie's like, "It's the Laird's room. It's mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is where we start to see the change occur in him that like gradually takes place over the episode until the end when Claire's mm-hmm. like, "What are we doing? <laughs> oh my God, that's one yeah. of my favorite moments, seriously. I love. <laughs> there, she's in the room and Jamie is carrying the case that was sent over by uh who sent it over at Leah or was Fitz. it Jamie? Oh, it Mrs. Mrs. Fitz. Fitz. That's right. That's right. Ian did say that. Um so Jamie's carrying this case into their bedroom and he just says something in garlic like, obviously like the fuck is in here? And <laughs> just drags it in there. I really want to make a comment on the set for this scene I don't normally do this but like I absolutely love this bedroom and how it looked and the wallpaper and the coloring like even Claire's outfit was good I know she was technically undressing but like I just loved how her dress looked in that moment and oh my god the coloring in that room I just I want to actually go in there if it does exist because I wonder if they like broke it down and made it something different you know for the show I, uh, I don't know. I know for a long time it was a standing set that it was like a permanent set that they had up. But now since they're in America, I don't know that it's a standing set anymore. I'm fairly sure that they have neat and tidied it all up into boxes and it's in some warehouse somewhere awaiting the day that it will be rebuilt. Don't do that, Okay. <laughs> I know exactly what you're doing. Do not. (laughs) I just, I love the coloring. And the whole scene is just good. This is where Jamie comes clean about what really happened with BJR and him and like all the whipping and stuff and what happened with his dad and just so awful. It really struck me in this scene that as Jamie's like walking around and he's talking about how he would sneak into this room as a boy and dream about the day that he would be the Laird and this room would be his. And it really just struck me in this moment. The last time Jamie was at this house, his father was still alive. That got me for some reason, because like, obviously I've known that in the back of my head, but it kind of just added a whole other level to what we're seeing with Jamie in this episode. He's trying so hard to live up to this ideal of who his father was this great man who was kind and giving and you know never asked anything of his tenants that they weren't able to give and there was this just this very high standard that Jamie's constantly reaching for throughout this whole episode and it's like he can almost feel his dad's ghost in a way and he just lets go of all of that at the end it just was really powerful for me this episode yeah the funny thing is he doesn't need to strive to be his dad because he's a pretty amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's a lot of what Claire is telling him in that final scene is that you're trying to be somebody that you're not. And it's okay that you're not that person because you're an amazing person and you can do this all on your own. You don't have to do it the way that your dad did it. It's okay to be different. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's yeah. any, anything less. I mean, he's already doing something different by being with a time traveler. so <laughs> <laughs> And an English that, woman. Yeah. I mean, not that he had a choice in marrying her, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about for a minute, the new flashbacks that we get. So up until this point, we have seen things that we had seen before, just kind of all broken up into bits like memories, flashes of memory. And then we get new things. We're seeing Jamie at Fort William and him seeing his dad for the last time. And that moment has kind of, as he says, it stayed with him for a long time after that. But more importantly, we see that first real interaction between Jamie and Blackjack. It's just them in the room And it is really effing weird. Okay. (laughs) Did you get the weird vibe? Because I got the really weird vibe off of this whole situation. And clearly Jamie did too. Well, yeah, Jamie for sure was like, what the fuck is happening? You literally Mm -hmm. whipped me like this and now what's going on? So I didn't get completely uncomfortable with this one, but like I was going, what is BJR Mm -hmm. thinking? And obviously, uh, here's my question. Okay, from what he had said, do you think just right when he saw Jamie, he was like, I want this man? Do you feel that when they were at his house, all that stuff, and he was hitting him and then took his sister away? Like, do you think he was like, I want this man? That's what I want. Um, Or do you think he kind of finally started to do it because Jamie wasn't whining or whatever from being whipped? I think that after that first whipping, because in the books, Jamie kind of stands out to Blackjack. And I think he talks to Claire about it in The Garrison Commander. In that first whipping, Jamie didn't make a sound. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what got Blackjack intrigued. Because he wasn't like other men. He didn't beg and plead for mercy. He just took it. He didn't want to give them the satisfaction. And I think that's when Blackjack kind of took it as a challenge. And it kind of escalated from there in a lot of ways. In answer to your question, I don't think that at Lollybrock he kind of had those thoughts. It was more something that happened once they were at Fort William. He literally tells Jamie in this room, make free of your body and everything will be fine. It's like, what the fuck, dude? And... Jamie. Here's the thing. So like Jamie tells Claire, he really thought about it, because Mm -hmm. taking another whipping like that would have been hard. And he was maybe considering this. And I don't blame him at all. Like, it was a different option than what he had already experienced. So like, it just it was sad. Well, it's like he said, he was like, obviously, I didn't have any experience with it. But I thought that most likely it would be less painful and be over quicker. And you can't stand for that. I mean, the guy's already experienced a 100 lashes with a cat of nine tails. That's 900 strokes of like sharp leather and like lead on your back. Okay, so a cat of nine tails is a whip with nine tassels on it. And at the end of each of those little tassels is a lead ball. So that's what Jamie's being beaten with. And he had a hundred upon a hundred lashes of that. So you can't blame the guy for considering. (laughs) Like he's probably right. It probably would have been less painful and over way quicker. So yeah, yeah. I completely sympathize with that. Totally. I love what Claire said. She was like, well, how do you know he was going to hold up his end mm-hmm. of the bargain? You know, like, you don't know. He probably would have ended up whipping you anyways. I mean, I understand that she's right in a way, but I wonder, I feel like Bj probably would have because oh yeah, he, in a weird way, he's a man of honor. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's kind of, he's weird. I want to throw something at him. <laughs> yeah uh, among other things something really hard and heavy that's gonna do some damage yeah and just fuck her anyways I see where your process is coming in because like we see later in season one like he kind of is a man of his word in a way <laughs> yeah but I also just feel it. like I also feel like he's just so sick and twisted like that it, it wouldn't have surprised me at all either to get what he wanted from Jamie and go ahead with the flogging just because he could, you know? So, yeah, yeah I, I, I could see it going either way. Yeah, you just don't know. hes I know weird's not the strongest word or the best one, but, like, he's just he's a fucker. Com- Let's be honest, yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> In more ways than one, a literal and a metaphorical fucker. God. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. I find it funny, actually, that you were so grossed out by this scene. And I was like, I just was waiting for him to say it. (laughs) Like, Tell me now what's happening. I wasn't like, I wouldn't say I was grossed out by it. It just set my teeth on edge. Like I was very suspicious automatically and highly confused. And then it kind of started to make sense when he was like, Okay, well, Mm -hmm. you know, if you do this for me, I'll let you go. And I was like, okay, now I get it. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Yep. We were feeling how Jamie was feeling. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Dinner time. Jenny's like, yo, it doesn't take that long to get cleaned up and dressed. Food's ready. Let's do this. And... Her and Claire are sitting at the table, and Jenny is just staring at her like any sister would if the brother brings some girl home she doesn't know. I totally got Jenny. I was like, I get you. You're very protective of your brother. And he married an English woman. I could see where she'd be a little bit like, I don't know. She literally says, do you know how to run a household? And Claire's like, no, but I'm a fast learner. I just love that she knows how to kind of tell Jenny what Jenny is needing to hear in those like little moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much like subtext to this conversation. <laughs> like everything yeah, that they're yeah. saying to each other has a double meaning. It's funny. Here comes Ian and Jamie just like laughing the whole time. And there's Claire and Jenny, the whole dynamic of the relationships going on was kind of hilarious to me to watch. Cause there's Jenny and Claire being like super serious glaring. And then, Jamie and Ian are like, oh, this is so fun. You're back. We're back. BFF for life. Oh my God. Like they yeah. gave each other those half hearts, you know? Like friendship <laughs> bracelets. Yeah, I noticed it too that um, Jenny was extremely judgy of Claire. Extremely. Oh, yeah. And like just so grumpy. Like, <laughs> When you're rewatching it, you get that like Jenny's going through some stuff and that she's not normally like this, that she's kind of having some internal emotional processing going on. But yeah, I could see how Claire would be like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, I didn't do anything. Why are you being this way? Yeah. So it's very interesting to see those early days of Claire and Jenny. I know Jenny's kind of, her demeanor, the way she presents herself, isn't very, like, blah, 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 bubbly, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, also, she is pregnant, so maybe we could take that into account. I just now thought of that. Like, that's probably why everything's so intense. But, like you said, Claire had every right to go, like, what the fuck, man? Like, I just, I'm here. I'm not mean. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just wait till the next episode. We'll be fine. But... (laughs) We get to quarter day, which is, as Jamie described it, kind of like when they were out collecting rents for the McKenzie's, only the tenants come to them at Lollybrock. So, Claire gets handed a vase, and mm-hmm. her face, when she gets handed that vase, and she looks at Jamie, and he's just like, Yeah, cool flowers. <laughs> and she's just like, You don't get it. <laughs> You were not there in Sassanac, okay? You don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time I watch this episode, I uh, I get super happy. It's a good moment for her to get a vase. She made this decision not that long ago to stay with him, and she gets handed this vase. It's so cool. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I hope she told him at some point, because, I mean, I don't think she said anything in book one, but, like, I hope she ended up telling him about that vase, because That would be a nice confirmation. You know what I mean? And the props department did a great job of making that vase. Like, it's not the exact same vase, but it's similar enough that the audience can connect the dots and be like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's really cool, you know? And can we make a comment on Jamie's coat? Mm -hmm. (laughs) His dad's (laughs) coat. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very nice coat. It is. It is. Yeah, and it kind of, again, it's this progression that we're seeing of Jamie changing over the course of this episode, and jury's out on whether it's a good change or a bad change. But he puts on this coat, and it's his father's coat, kind of signaling that A, he's taken over the household, but B, that he's trying to emulate his father in a lot of ways, which kind of, I know I've already discussed this, but it's just very interesting to see that progression of his character. Yeah, and it's funny that even when I watch it now, I don't really see it as being this intense of a change. But he did need to have Claire talk to him. I wouldn't say it's an intense change, but it's kind of a him reverting back in a lot of ways. So over the course of his time away from home, he's been exposed to a lot of different experiences. And he's kind of had to live on his own and become his own man. And then all of a sudden, when he comes back to lollybrock, he's kind of reverted back in a lot of ways, his youth is really showing. And it's kind of like his life experience. He's not utilizing it the way that he should. Instead, he's kind of living up to an ideal, it comes full circle, because he realizes that like his own life experiences are enough for him to do the job the way it should be done. But it's not a massive change by any means. It's just kind of interesting that there's that tweak in behavior like almost like he's he's really showing his youth in a lot of ways, which I just find it. For sure. His youth was magnified in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all he needed to learn was just to be himself and that nothing was his fault. So, right. Good stuff. Yep. Speaking of I know this is skipping ahead a little bit and we can go back, but speaking of youth showing I freaking love the scene, the drunk Jamie scene in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. That is, yes. I freaking love him. He just, like, spanks her butt. Like, just like, Bam, it's me. I'm the I'm the laird. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I know. <laughs> well, I love that she actually says when he plops onto the bed, she's like, I, what did she say about elephants? I've seen elephants sit down with less impact. And he's like, <laughs> You've seen elephants? <laughs> Tell me about it. I want to hear about elephants. Have you ridden one? <laughs> yes. Um, oh I, and I, I love how he like can't even stand up. He's like wobbling back and forth. He's like plastered at this point. <laughs> oh my God. So he's like speaking to her in garlic. He goes, Sassanac, now that you're... Gotsman now you need to learn how to speak it <laughs> you know <it's> just like <laughs> you need to work on your Gaelic okay <laughs> there we go <laughs> and she's yeah. like Go to bed, <laughs> sure, sure, buddy. But then she like smiles when he falls asleep on the bed. He's just like, I want to hear about she... that. <laughs> yeah, she's being so stern and like, oh my god, grow up. But inside, she's like, you're so adorable right now. <laughs> yep. If you weren't so drunk right now, I'd have sex with you. But anyway. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to quarter day and the rents and everything, Jamie makes this executive Thanks. decision. To just be like, it's okay. You don't have to pay rent. You'll just catch up next quarter. And Ian kind of just gives him this look like, dude, that's not cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, excuse me. No. No, no. (laughs) And clearly Jenny does not think it's cool either. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. Kind of on the comment of what you had said, like, he's trying to be somebody he's not. Jamie would have known what to do like he would work with mm-hmm. people but not completely disregard what he needs to do. I think it's yeah. a lot of like okay. internal pressure in a lot of ways like he knows how yeah. much people loved his dad and he th- he feels like he's expected to live up to that expectation totally. which he's not but he's feeling that pressure and that's what this whole scene is. What's funny is he's the one pressuring himself. Nobody's mm-hmm. doing it. He's the one doing it. Claire's outside, and I don't know about you, but she handled that very tamely compared to Mm -hmm. what I would have done. Yeah, I was like, this is when you're tame, Claire. This is when you're chill. Seriously? (laughs) 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 I wanted to oh, my God. I was like, where's the heaviest thing so I could chuck it at this guy's face? That's why I was so like, when Jamie was totally like plastered and he came in, he was like, I taught him the difference between what was it? Basically alluding to the fact that he beat this guy's ass. He actually said I taught him the difference between abuse and discipline. And I'm thankful he punched him because he needed it. And then we find out the next morning that the guy threw out his son because of it, which after everybody comes to terms with it, realized it's it's a good thing that this boy is now in the charge of the Frasers instead of his dad because his dad was just continually beating the crap out of him. What we didn't know was Jenny was figuring out a way to get him out of there anyway. So Mm -hmm. Jamie kind of ruined it. (laughs) Well, like Jamie and Claire kind of tried to fix it, which obviously they were doing the, the right thing, but they didn't know the behind the scenes. So you really feel for Jenny, like you get where she's coming from because she storms in and she's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, Do you not feel like you should talk to me about any of this? Like, the world didn't just start when you guys walked through the door. Like, we've been dealing with this for the past four years, okay? So you need to talk to us. We can help you out. She just, like, sees all their hard work going down the drain. I'd be doing the same thing. Like, Ian's Mm -hmm. too nice. Jenny's like, the fuck? You haven't been here this long. Like, you had said you are ruining what we've been doing. Like, no, we need this money. Like, you can't do this. We have a system here. She has a great comeback when Jamie's like, as Laird, I decided to give my tenants some ease. And she's like, well, how easy do you think that our tenants are going to be when the whole estate goes under because we can't make ends meet? And I'm just like, bingo. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you said it. (laughs) It sucks because it's kind of like a no-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. It really sucks. They need the money from the people to take care of them, I guess. And if they don't have the money to be able to give, it's like, it's a weird system. Jenny storms out and Jamie takes a bite of bread and is like, oh my God, this tastes like pebbles. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mrs. And he gets mad. (laughs) Yeah. She's just like, "Uh, sorry. And he's yelling about it. And so he goes to go fix the mill and, you know, we get some good Jamie butt. I don't really think that he was mad. I think he was more like, A, really super hungover and didn't feel good. And B, he's just like, great, one more thing that I've got to freaking deal with. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Well, and he just had a bicker moment with his sister. So it's Mm -hmm. all like piled together. And Claire's like, can you two just talk about this when he's not feeling this way? He probably would have handled it better if he didn't have a hangover, you know? Oh, for sure. So he's like, I'm going to take care of this myself. I don't know that this moment showed his youngness as well. Mm -hmm. It was funny. So the scene by the mill pond. Well, first of all, we kind of get an idea of Jamie's upbringing because he knows how to fix this mill. Like, okay, cool. Because they're like, oh, well, we sent for this guy. And Jamie's like, I'll just do it myself. And he's like, looking at all the gears. And he was like, oh, well, this is probably the problem and just goes to fix it. And it kind of just shows, like, how he's been brought up. Like, he's educated about this kind of stuff. I just thought that was interesting. Listen, this is Jamie Fraser, okay? He can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes to fix the wheel in the mill pond. And Claire's like, you're going to freeze to death. And he was like, most likely. But at least you'll be able to serve decent bannocks at my wake. Oh my god. Can we also make a comment on Jamie being like half fish, basically? How did he hold his breath that long? I know, like, I guess he's a really good swimmer. But to me, Mm -hmm. it just was like, I guess, still a little shocking to see him underwater for that long. (laughs) Yeah. And it's something that I think Diana brings up in the books, actually, is that like, he can hold his breath for like, an astronomically long time. It's freaking nuts. I want to say it was like, Three or four minutes, which is like humanly impossible, but like I don't know. This is Jamie Fraser. (laughs) (laughs) Is this your catchphrase this episode? (laughs) Yes, Jamie Fraser can do anything. Okay. (laughs) These red coats show up, and well, Jenny does show up first, and yeah, it's like, Jamie, what the hell are you doing? And Claire's like, you didn't need to come up here. You shouldn't be chasing around in your condition. She was like, there's a bunch of red coats coming up the road. Uh, yeah, I needed to come up here. <laughs> well, yeah. And then she tells her, don't talk. Don't say anything. Let's cover his clothes, all that stuff. So they needed her there. And of course, mm-hmm. this is the time period it is. Jenny's doing all sorts of stuff while pregnant. That's funny. They're trying to get rid of the red coats And the guy's like, oh, I know how to fix this. And it's like, fuck. Like, we're trying of to get Of course go. you do. And what we... <laughs> Yeah, of of course. (laughs) So Jamie fixes it so they don't find him. And a random shirt shows up. And even to the guy, the red coat, he was like, this was causing it? Like, that's strange. And I love how his lieutenant is like, it's Scotland. Like, that explains everything. It's like, yeah, that definitely explains why there was a shirt in the sluice. So dumb. It made me think, like, how people look at Claire, you know, in that time Mm -hmm. period. They don't know she's from the future, but they're like, she's English, so, like... (laughs) Like, That explains it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jamie pops out of the water, and, like, poor Sam, okay? That must have been cold. I was like, I don't want you getting sick just for my entertainment. Like, (gasps) I hope he didn't get a cold or anything from it, because... He pops out of the water and says, Blessed Michael, defend us. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Trying to hold his crotch to make sure like nothing's showing. And like Jenny's standing there and he's like, Jenny, like go! <laughs> he's seeing me naked. It's such a brother and sister thing to do. Just be like, go away. Claire's just standing there you know and just thinking he's so adorable after he had said blessed Michael defend us like did you see her face I was like this is cute and he turns around and Jenny sees his back Mm -hmm. and she is so in shock and just runs away and he's kind of confused after he had just yelled at her go away you know which is totally logical and he's Mm -hmm. like what happened and Claire's like you just yelled at your sister <laughs> and walked away. And he's like, what? She actually came up to save your ass. You're welcome. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> that was, oh. that was some funny stuff. The next scene is one of my favorites of the episode where Claire and Ian finally have a conversation. Just the two of them as the in-laws <laughs> married into this crazy Fraser family. And Claire's kind of just picking his brain for advice. Among other things, they're also getting to know each other. They're talking about how Jenny and Ian came to be a thing. And apparently, Ian's confused about it too. Yeah, he doesn't, he just, he's like, and then just out of nowhere, I'm saying I do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She says, We're getting married in so and so months. He was um, like, and I was in the middle of explaining exactly why we couldn't do that when <laughs> I found myself at the altar saying, "I take thee, Janet." <laughs> I want to make the comment that I love Ann and Claire's friendship. Honestly, I like I love their relationship. I mm, I wish there was more of it. So I know. that's one I reason why I'm excited about reading the books. Because I want to know more about their connection. I also love that Ian goes, yeah, like Jenny painted those. And she's like, what? And he goes, you're surprised she has a gentle side. You know, like that thing. she goes, no, of course not. I'm not surprised. And he's just smiling. She goes, well, yeah. A (laughs) little bit. A little bit. (laughs) 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 He knew right away. She's intense. (laughs) And I love how she's also like, Yeah, Jenny's an extraordinary woman. (laughs) And Ian's like, I, when she's not being a stubborn pig-headed, pain-in-the-arse mule. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and he's also saying that Jamie is like this, too, and he fully realizes that. Like He even says, you know, Frasers, their hearts are as big and soft as their heads are thick and strong. (laughs) It's a family trait, I guess. I love that they bond over this, like you said. I love that Claire tries to, like, ask him, like, what do you do? And he goes, you kind of just can't tell them what to do. You can kick them if you want. But, like, they'll either turn their horns on you or, like, or (laughs) not change. But I love that you had included what he had said about their hearts being big because they do. That's the thing about Jenny. That's why I don't actually think she's a bitch because she really just cares is what she does. Mm -hmm. She's just caring. And sometimes it's too much. Like sometimes you just need to back off, but like she really just has this huge heart, so yeah, she's yeah. very passionate, which sometimes comes across as her being overbearing and bossy. <laughs> she just wants what's best for everybody, and she wants to make sure that everybody is safe and secure, so, happy, yeah, yes, yeah, I get it, and I think most people do to be honest, so the next moment, Claire, uh, my favorite part of the episode, goes in, pulls Jamie off the bed. And he's just like, what the fuck just happened? She's like, listen here, buddy, this Jamie, I don't know him. I don't like him. So here's what's happening. You're going to change it up as in be yourself because you're losing relationships. Like you and your sister are getting farther and farther apart. You need to deal with this. And he's like, but I'm the Lord. I can do whatever I want. And she's like, the fuck you do. I love how he tries to interrupt her, and she's like, I'm talking, and you need to listen, and you can speak when I'm finished. (laughs) Yep, yep, snap, snap, girlfriend. Yes, he needed that for (laughs) sure. And he knew, I can't interrupt her. It was great. Just, did you see his face? He was like, damn it. He was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Just sat there and listened. (laughs) Well, yeah, he just like, she really is not gonna let me get away with anything. It was, it was fun. I'm glad you you can that line. But you can see the light bulb come on, too, for him. When she's like, you're wrecking the family that you do have left. He knows that's the very last thing that he wants. And so this conversation is what spurs the conversation in the graveyard between him and Jenny the next day. Jamie is in the graveyard standing there staring at his father's gravestone, which is the first time that he's visited it. and. Jenny shows up and they have this like yeah. awkward moment where they're like, Oh no. Well, who's going to talk first? <laughs> and, well, first uh, she scares the shit out of him. Like yeah, that's true. <laughs> in our graveyard. No, right. Less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> Probably anybody would have been scared if they would have like heard somebody behind them. Yep. Jamie ends up talking first. And <laughs> after his conversation with Claire, Evidently had gone and collected the rents from everybody and he presents them as a gift, to Jenny, and he's like, you're right. I, I apologize for not asking your opinion on these matters and basically just asserting my own authority, despite the fact that you've overseen this estate for four years and you know what's best. And basically apologizes for that and trying to make right with Robbie and everything that happened and trying to get his aunt to take him in again and atoning for all of his mistakes. How did you feel about that? I just thought they were adorable. Because they're both like trying to one up each other, basically, like, excuse me, like um, you're worth more than me, so I'm going to try and save you. (laughs) You This whole thing, and he just kind of backs off with a smirk, like, okay, okay, all right. Here's what I got while they were talking was this should be the Fraser motto is always taking the blame and holding on to shame. (laughs) 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 both, Both him and Jenny were like, this is my fault, you know, and I loved this moment. This was the moment. the episode was getting us to with both of them finally having an actual talk and him going like none of this is your fault he didn't blame her at all for anything he just didn't want her to have gone with bjr you know like he wasn't mad at her he didn't blame her for the lashes and she's like that's my fault that's why he did this it's so awful it makes me like want to cry because like she just held on to all of that and you know and he was holding on to the shame of the father dying and Jamie's right. BJR is the asshole here. So we don't need to hold on to any of that because it's neither of our fault. That's that. Like let's forgive each other and don't try to go giving your body to somebody else again. <laughs> Jenny's <laughs> just like, I'll do whatever I need to do for you. <laughs> right. Glad this is a freezer yeah. thing. Yeah. Whatever yeah. I need to do, it, it doesn't matter as long as you're safe stop doing that (laughs) yeah like at least don't do it for people that won't do it for you you know I just genuinely loved the moment of closure and just peace for him and peace for Jenny it was it was a nice moment I thought it was really heartbreaking that like I said earlier in the episode we know that Jenny is emotionally processing something but it's unclear exactly what it is. Like, is she harboring resentment for her brother being gone for four years? Does she really just not like this chick that Jamie brought home? Is it really how aggressive he was toward her when he first showed up? Like, what is it that's making her behave this way? And we really find out that she's been harboring this anger towards her brother for four years because on some tiny minuscule level, she's blamed him for their father's death. Like she said, I figured you just shot your mouth off or acted without thinking of the consequences like you've always done. And mm. this happened as a result. And she's like, but then I realized the other day when I saw your back that nothing that you could have ever done would deserve that, what he did to you. Yeah. Except for maybe the embarrassment that I made him feel. And so on top of now she's feeling shame because she thinks that it was possibly her fault. And I just thought it was so awful that when she mentions Jamie's back, he tries to change the subject. He's like, don't talk about it anymore. Like it's it's over. It's done. This is not something that I want to talk about with you. Yeah, because she doesn't know. (laughs) She doesn't know and she will never know what happened and what really caused it. I get why he doesn't want to talk about it, but at the same time, like, like you said, if everybody was just open and honest with each other, we could save ourselves so much of this heartache. Um, But, like, I don't know if that necessarily needed to get talked about. That's a pretty personal thing. It is, yeah. I I just, like, but she doesn't get it. Like, I just, she won't ever get it. But I think on some level she knows now that, like, yeah, there was something that happened, but no, it wasn't your fault. And Jamie has this great line. He says, there's a devil in that man that no one can influence. Blackjack Randall is the only person responsible for our father's death. And I blamed myself for a long time. And I know you did too. But I've made my peace with it, essentially, is what he's saying. I know it's not my fault anymore. And you shouldn't blame yourself either. That's the main thing is that she just needed to understand that it had nothing to do with her and mm-hmm. that that Jamie did, in fact, not kill their dad. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> Get yeah. him killed. I like how you had said just now that Jenny knows something got his back to look the way it did, but it wasn't what she was thinking. So she can find closure with that love that moment love the smirk he had cuz she just was like you think my virtue you know I can't save <laughs> you. like it just and he went okay okay I'm, i don't want to fight with you but it was like this cute thing it was it was really sweet yeah it was so then we have that final scene with Jamie and Claire in the bedroom and i think this might be one of my favorite scenes for Jamie and Claire of the whole season 1 Because it's the first time they say I love you to each other. And I just think it's so cute. I also love that he admits, like, he wanted to get with her from the (laughs) (laughs) get-go. He's just like, um, I do love you. I loved you right away, but I was ready to, like, (laughs) have sex with you. Mostly wanted to marry you just because I wanted you more than I ever wanted anything in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) i wanted your (laughs) round ass (laughs) and your rock solid head yeah kept hitting me in the face and he has this great line he says now i wake up every day and i find that i love you more than i did the day before yeah jamie fraser knows the way to a woman's heart let me tell you uh diana knows so maybe we should get hooking up with her because she wrote it. <laughs> That's just saying. It's coming from her, so I just I find I think, that funny. <laughs> I do think it's also funny that some of the most iconic lines and scenes from Outlander are based on conversations that she has actually had with her husband, and I, I find that very remarkable as well. Who's that guy? Like <laughs> Okay. excuse me sir are there multiple <laughs> ones of you
1: <laughs> do you have
0: any brothers or nephews or <laughs> 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 or you can train some of the men we do find attractive in your ways <laughs> yeah some exactly. of them, right? Right. it's funny those memes that happen like funny stuff where like not that it's funny that she had hurt her shoulder this year but mm-hmm. like the laugh outlander lady had made that meme where she goes she writes scenes like this, and she expects us to say she tripped over her dog, and it's this image of, like, Jamie and Claire about to go at it, like, On a window ledge, folks, no yeah, less. No. <laughs> but, yeah, Jamie's a sweetie. He just says everything, and I think that's partly because he's so young, you know? So mm-hmm. he just, like, word vomits it all, and he does love her, and he just wants her to know, and she did choose him, so why not? <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And I really love that this is the scene where Claire is fully honest for the first time. And she's like, I do love you. Like, I love you. She says it finally. I mean, we've all known for how many episodes that, yeah, it's highly likely that she does love Jamie just based on her actions and her words. But she has yet to say it. And now she's like, I love you because she hears him say it and he's honest about it. And not only that he loves her, but that he's loved her for a long time and hasn't said it because he knows that she wasn't at that level yet. But now he feels like because of where they're at in their lives and in their personal relationship with each other that he can say it and he needs to say it. And she feels the same way. And we're all like, yay! Well, I would hope she would say that to him after not going through the stones. You know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. like just her not going through the stones definitely took the weight off. Like, I don't know if you noticed that at the beginning of the episode. But that was something I noticed. I was like, they were totally chill with each other. Like Mm -hmm. there was nothing Mm -hmm. holding them back. And they're together now. She chose him. And obviously, he would tell her from the first moment I saw you, I loved you. and. I would hope she loved him because then why are you there? <laughs> like, you know right, what I mean? Exactly. So the next day we get our cliffhanger guys and it was not fun. I really feel for the people who were watching this in real time because I'd be like, the fuck, give me the next episode now. <laughs> like, I need to know. How scary would that be to wake up and your husband has a gun pointed at his head? This is becoming a pattern with Claire and Jamie. Jamie having a gun shoved in his face and I don't like it. (laughs) That's all I was gonna say. I don't think it's a hundred percent a habit for Claire to like be in compromised positions. It's a pattern. It's not a habit. It's like it's a sucky situation basically. It's a recurring situation that sucks immensely. Yes. (laughs) Thanks Diana. Whatever. What sucks is that it's actually the watch Pointing the gun at Jamie's head, and this was the last thing that they were expecting, that they were wanting to happen, and they were worried about it, like Claire for sure was. And then they end the episode. Screw you, TV people! <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the episode. <laughs> I wrote, <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, "Fuck this ending." <laughs> yeah, like. Again, I feel for you people who watched it in real time, because it's not as bad as both sides now, though. That is a cliffhanger. I agree with you. Like, what the fuck was that, guys? (laughs) I feel like in season five, we pulled the cliffhanger ending of episodes back into the arsenal. And I was not okay with it. Well oh my god, okay, so five oh seven, those of you who've seen it, I'm not gonna say anything, but that cliffhanger could have been a little bit different. I get what they're doing, but it's like seriously guys, like what is that? I just don't think it was done well. I thought it was very cheap. This was my thing. There were so many book readers that were like, What did they do? Blah blah and I'm like, You read the fucking book. Why do you oh, I- have questions? Why do you? I freaking called that shit. I called that shit so much. I at the beginning of this season, I was like, "That's where they're gonna end it." Calling it now. Yeah. Like, I get why the kind of cliffhanger they were trying to go for. Like, I didn't have a problem with it. What I had a problem was where they decided to cut it off. Almost was like my little bit of an issue. I don't get how book readers were so confused by what was happening and why. Like. They literally thought something else. And I'm like, you read it. Why are you freaking out? You should be trying to comfort me as the non-book reader. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little bit different in the books, but it wasn't different enough for them to jump to the conclusion that they had made a massive departure from the books. Like it wasn't that big of a change. So I was also highly confused as to why everybody was flipping their shit because, yeah, it Yeah. (laughs) it wasn't worth it. But five eleven honestly, was the cliffhanger that got me. I was like, oh, my God, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Why are we doing (laughs) this? (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say, because that wasn't actually in the book. So, like, that one I get. So I love Mm -hmm. that everybody was on board freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I didn't like it either, though, by the way. Like, I just, that was not good. Excuse me. Although that would have been the perfect time to have like a week break. You know what I mean? Not the no, other one. No, that? no, I'm no, like, no, what? no, You're like demon spawn. Get away. Stop <laughs> talking, Rebecca. Do not put it in their minds. No, no. All right. Let's step away from season five and talk about something else good, which is yummy moment. It's a bit confusing and you'll know why in a second. It's like conflicting feelings because it's kind of it's a moment where Jenny obviously gets shocked because she sees Jamie's back. But I'm going there is some good butt crack there that I'm like digging. So, I didn't necessarily like his butt before he gets into the water. <laughs> but I thought it was like, so adorable. <laughs> I, just was, I was Okay, it's Sam's butt, butt like, or Jamie's, but when he comes out of the water, I was more like, that, that is a good angle. Yes. So that was my yum moment. In the confusion of Jenny finding out what his back looks like, I was very attracted to his behind. So <laughs> that was my moment. What about you? Oh, 100%. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. when he like bursts up out of the water and he, yes, just all of it. Yeah, obviously in that moment before Jenny sees his back. But yeah, I mean, you can totally appreciate the perfection that is Sam Hewen, like in all his glory in that moment. It leaves little to the imagination. Yeah, I mean, I could go on. But what about your favorite quote? It's funny, because it was one that you were kind of like, I don't know how I felt about it. If your life is a suitable exchange for my honor tell me why is my honor not a suitable exchange for your life I like well, that. It was cute. It was cute and funny. It was the mm-hmm. other one though. I'm not a meek and obedient type. I love that scene where they're at the gravesite. It is cute. Mm-hmm. She's she's so funny. What about you? My favorite quote I had already kind of passionately Talked about in the episode, but it's the blessed Michael defend us. Like oh, it's yeah. just hilarious. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like he's so cute in that moment. <laughs> <'Cause> he like <laughs> made it, like, please save me. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's like, like Jesus, that's cold. I also just loved how Claire looked at him. Like, oh look at him. He's just poor Jamie. But like, it's just cute. <laughs> I want to know what he said a few words in Gaelic right before he said blessed Michael to and he, It sounded like noni manai. And I'm like, I want to know what that means. Cause, Do you think like, it means holy shit, it's cold? <laughs> Something along those lines. Like, it's, it's odd because Gaelic doesn't really have any curse words, but you have to get, like, super creative with your insults. <laughs> and so I really want to know, like, I want to know. I will try to look it up because I'm curious. Interesting. Maybe I should learn garlic because that'd be fun. It gets gets people creative. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's super fun. That's one of the fun things about the series is that Jamie is like notoriously creative with his Gallic insults. <laughs> and uh, there's this one particular, I don't, it doesn't spoil anything, but there's this one particular line in book eight where he was like, may the devil eat your soul and salt it well first, you whore. <laughs> oh my god who did he he say that to is that like a character that i would know no it's not anybody would know it's some random guy yeah (laughs) oh i thought he was saying it to a dude (laughs) he is saying it to a guy and his and then claire is like did you just call him a whore (laughs) 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 and I love it because they're older Jamie and Claire so (laughs) I can just picture him as this like old like Gandalf looking Jamie you know kind of thing (laughs) well I wouldn't put it that far he's probably in his upper 50s at that point but yeah he is it's funny yeah yeah what about your performance of the episode I'm going to have to go with Tobias Menzies. And I know that's not really giving a whole lot of credit to everybody else. But the creep factor was strong this episode. So I just, Tobias is amazing. And just for him to be as like sweet and chill as he is in real life, I don't know. I just appreciate his acting skills the whole lot more. But I mean, it is a great ensemble. Sam did great. But Tobias really just takes the cake. He really does. What about you? It's interesting that you said that because Laura Donnelly is actually my performance of the episode. I just love her snark, love her sass. She just has a way of conveying Jenny in an emotional way. In a lesser actor's hands, she could become one-dimensional, I feel like. But Laura does such a good job putting in layers of Jenny, that you can really just see it like she's a sister, she's a mother, she's a wife, all of these layers. And she's basically been the laird of this estate for four years. She knows what she's doing. She's a very confident, controlled woman in a lot of ways. But she's also got this fire. And I feel like Laura just really does Jenny justice in a way that not a lot of actresses would be able to do. I agree. She really showcases that there's more to her than just the rough exterior that you see. Mm -hmm. So I agree. If (laughs) she was given to anybody who couldn't handle that, Jenny would come off how some people feel she, how the Jenny character is. Good choice. Alrighty, guys. So that brings our analysis on 112 Lollibrock to a close. Yeah, I think that we can both agree that this was a... Very good experience for Jamie. It was a Jamie-focused episode. He grew up a lot in this episode, for what it's worth. So, yeah. So, before we bring the podcast to a close, we're going to go into our normal segment called The Sassneck Files Recommends. Did you have anything for the masses? Obviously, I think some of you who (laughs) have been on my social media, my personal one, know I've been very excited about the Hamilton movie. So that's my recommendation is the Hamilton movie for anybody who doesn't even know what that is. It's a musical. It's amazing. Written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. He did the music. He wrote the lyrics. Yeah, basically, um, watch it because it's amazing. And you can get it on Disney Plus. I'm just excited for other people who haven't seen it yet. I know Chelsea has not yet. So I'm just like really excited for her to watch it. Yeah, basically, Hamilton the Musical, get on it, people, because it's just fucking phenomenal. What about you? Uh, well, I have been watching Poldark the past couple of weeks. I fell down the hole. I'm almost done <laughs> with season four of five seasons. It's completely finished. It was a PBS masterpiece show, and I'm sure most of you have probably heard about it. but. It is actually really good. It's based on a series of books, but they are kind of from the male point of view. It's got a male main character and it was a guy that wrote it and you can kind of totally tell. Just some of the female characters are not put in the best light. So that part of it kind of bothers me, but overall, it's just a really good show. And the characters are very human. Like a lot of times in Outlander, things are glossed over and like we have Jamie and Roger who are these magnificent examples of what men should live and strive to be but Ross Poldark is flawed and there is no getting around it. I was devastated. I think it was last week. Yeah, I was watching an episode and I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know if I can keep watching this, which, you know, it's a good show if you're that emotionally invested in something. And that's kind of what I had to tell myself. I'm like, okay, if you feel this strongly about it, that means you have a strong attachment to the characters, which means it's a good show and you should keep watching. So I did. and I'm glad I I did, but still doesn't mean I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I haven't I have yet to watch it. So I'm curious to see how I will end up feeling. I mean, I'm sure I'll feel just as intensely upset as you did and some other people. But I would love to just get everything in context. And Mm -hmm. just to be able to kind of get my own thoughts out there. But here was something that you had said. So I completely agree when a man writes a book. Sometimes I read a few Nicholas Sparks books. And I was like, "Do you just hate women. Because not all of us are like this. How do you have a billion thousand books out there? Like, I don't get how you have so much to write. But like you had said that just the way the women are perceived in the story, just it's kind of like, well, that's not kind of nice, almost. Um, Is that kind of what you were meaning? Like, it just doesn't seem like they're portrayed very well. Is that how you had worded it? They're almost like objects of desire instead of like having thoughts and feelings sometimes so Mm, so. they're like motivation for men's actions in a way the main female character is amazing and she's extremely smart and everything but not everything but a lot of things in the series like the men's motivations for revenge and this that or the other is because of a woman or something like jealousy towards another guy because they got a woman or a woman's actions caused this, that or the other to happen. Or, you know, like it's just very like patriarchal. I get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very, yeah. 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 In order to be historically accurate, that's kind of how it has to be portrayed. And I get that as well. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm entirely okay with it either. Alrighty. Well, I think that wraps up the episode, unless you have anything else to add. Watch Hamilton. Watch Hamilton, watch Poldark. (laughs) This is the (laughs) advice we're giving to you guys as we walk away from this episode. (laughs) Call in sick to work tomorrow and get Disney Plus, watch Hamilton, and then start benching Poldark. Yes, basically, (laughs) that's the best advice you can do in a world pandemic right now. (laughs) Yeah, It's all about the self-care people. All righty, guys, you guys have a good one. Stay safe out there, and we will chat at you later. Bye. Bye.